This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, don't be a jerk to your father. Plus, Biz gets scarred for life, Teresa does not know when to hold him, and we welcome back graphic novelist Lucy Nicely to talk about her new book, Kid Gloves, Nine Months of Careful Chaos. Woo! Guys, before we get started, there is a holiday impending upon us Mm -hmm. really soon. Mother's Day. It's real. It's It's supposed to be a day for mothers. Just for mothers. But whose mother? Your mother? You? Somebody else's mother? An aunt? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Because we've got the solution for your gift-giving guide. Yeah. We wrote that book. You're doing a great job. A hundred ways you're winning at parenting. It's funny. It's it's good for people uh, about to have babies, people who have had children, people who have had children just like appear in their house and are living there, people whose children have finally gone on to be adults. And it's a nice, lovely, easy gift. Boom, you're done. Yep. Boom, you're done. Boom, you're done. Boom, you're done. Just wanted to remind you that's out there. Real crowd pleaser. So with that said, Teresa, you're a mom. How are you? Oh, man. So I made a mistake yesterday. Did you kiss a snake? No. (laughs) I, just thinking it was very innocent, taught my seven-year-old how to play five-card draw. Ah. Just for fun. Sure. You know? Then somehow that led to a discussion about betting and Mm. about gambling Hmm. and about the way gambling can ruin lives. Sure. But how it can also be fun. Sure. And this was really (laughs) captivating for my seven-year-old. And we spent yesterday evening listening to her come up with all these plans for her casino that she's going to put downstairs in our house. That's nice. Um, She built a slot machine in about five minutes. Wow. Because it's Grace. Yep. That's what she does. It was totally functional. Totally had rules that made sense. (laughs) She used real money from her allowance jars to get people started. She's like, everybody gets a dollar and that's how they get hooked. Oh. Yes. Yes and yes. She is a genius. She made (laughs) blueprints for, she has this like little inventing area downstairs that I made for her a while back, you might remember. And over the years, it's become different things. So like for a while, it was her haunted castle and she decorated it like a haunted castle. Nice. She hasn't been down there in a while, but now it's going to be a casino. Mm. And she's like, mommy, I'm going to put beds in so that people can stay there. So, so that they can stay gambling longer. She figured it out. Yeah. She knows how to run a casino. Yeah. So, and the whole time I was like, well, number one, it's just kind of fun to see how everything, yeah. how like creative she is. But on the other <laughs> hand, it's like, oh my God. Like mm. I thought I was like telling you horror stories enough yeah. to like deter you. But really what she got onto is like how rich casinos get yeah. because of gambling. So she's like, I'm going to do that. So you're saying cigarettes are 
cool. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> so now I'm like, oops, that was not. Huh. I don't well, know where to go from here. Well, now. it falls into the how far will I let this go? Right, category. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah. I have no insight for you. I don't know. I mean, since I come from gamblers. Yeah. So, well, yep. Good job fostering creativity. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. I have decided that I'm keeping my kids forever because I've now finished all the tattoos I plan on getting in honor of my children. So I got my Ellis tattoo, which was way, we'd almost passed a window where it would have been okay to get a tattoo. Just somehow, you know, you're like, oh, I got to get that. Yeah. Ellis tattoo yeah. and like the year passes and then yeah. like and then you're like I felt, wait I'm old now yeah and, like he's 17 <laughs> and leaving for college like I mean I don't, he's five but for yeah. some reason in my mind if I didn't yeah. get it done he was suddenly going to be 17 right and then it would just be weird I'd be like waving I'd be like oh you're 17 happy yeah. graduation I got this tattoo for you it's a picture of you looking at your phone <laughs> <laughs> God, how depressing. Uh, it's just a picture of you ignoring me yeah. for your entire teenage years. It's a picture of your closed door. It's a picture of the phone you'll never pick up and use to call me. <laughs> anyway, so the arm is complete. It's beautiful and I love it. Thank God Ellis likes it because given who Ellis is, oh yeah, that could have gone sideways yeah. and I would have had to deal with that yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. But he likes it. Because he loves me most, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is stop being a jerk to your father. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. A while back, we did a show where we talked about having, like, people standing up for us, like our kids being jerks to us uh-huh. as the moms. Yeah. And, like, this weird place where sometimes we just kind of let it go. Yeah. You know, like, we're not even, like, aware they're being jerks sometimes right. yeah. until, like, your partner's like, stop being yeah. a jerk to don't your mom. Talk don't to talk your to your mother, mother like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't talk to your mother like yeah. that. The name of every 1950s sitcom. Yeah. And we were like, huh, how do we feel about that? Yeah. We don't. Or do? Yeah. Or like, eh. Anyway, and I was recently thinking about the fact that in our house, there is another form of this happening that is sort of geared towards Stefan. Mm-hmm. For, ex- for example. You mean they don't treat him with respect at n- all n- times? It's not even respect. It's okay. just full out like, oh, that's got to suck to hear all the time. Like, oh. <laughs> like, like when... We started the podcast, and Katie Bell was like three. Mm-hmm. She was going through a very big mama phase, and it was, you know, I want mama. I love mama, not you. Yeah. I don't love you. Like, yeah. all this stuff at Stefan. And I was like, oh, no, no. You do love your father. Don't say that. That's yeah, hurtful. Yeah. And Stefan's response had been to just sort of back off. Like he uh-huh. And we had to have a whole conversation like, I know this is really hard hearing this, but you're, like, dropping back five yeah. feet when we walk because yeah. she wants to hold my hand. And, like, that's not going to yeah, change yeah, yeah. this scene. Yeah. And, like, I needed him to kind of yeah. join like, in more yeah. 
to adjust Be it. the parent yeah. who's going to like... Even if they're not yeah. singing your praises, yeah. because eventually they yeah. will. And that was like a really interesting thing to go through. And then when Ella started it, we both kind of just rolled with it a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the like, yeah, okay, he loves me. And actually, we were at this whole new place where it was like, he loves you so much. <laughs> and I'm mm-hmm. like, he does. But now I'm like, God, how much must that suck? Mm-hmm. For Stefan mm-hmm. to have to hear Ellis say, and Ellis says it to a point where I'm like, should we see somebody yeah. like, every five minutes? And I am not exaggerating. That kid is like, I love you, Mama. Yeah. I love you. You are the love of my life. Like yeah. all this stuff, yeah. just like over and over. Like he'll run, jump in bed in the morning, snuggle yeah. right up to me. I love you, Mama. Yeah. Stefan will be like, you know, hi, Ellis. Hi. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, Mama. And like just, yeah. And I'm like, God, that is. Yeah. Stefan and I right now just kind of laugh about it, but uh-huh. I'm like, that can't be nice. Yeah. And then the other thing that happens a lot is the, are you taking me to school today? Nope. Your father's taking you to school together yeah. today. Ugh. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Ugh. Or equally, at least equally bad is, are you taking me to school today? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad oh, it's not good. daddy. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank God. And both kids are like, always, which is so weird because mm-hmm. Stefan is a great father. Yeah. And he's a funny, nice guy. Yeah. And he's got all the music in his car. Yeah. He lets them hear all the songs. Right. He, like, I, yeah. So I just kind of wanted to, like, explore this some because mm-hmm. now I'm starting to be like, well, where do I step in on this? Do I step in on this? Like, what am I supposed to say? What happens in, in your house like this? Does we anything have, happen? We have an, a somewhat similar situation with Oscar. Like, Oscar does a lot of those exact same things yeah. that you were saying Ellis does. Like, he tells me he loves me a lot, and that's really nice. Yeah. But then he'll also say... I don't love daddy as much, but I do love daddy, but I don't love him as much yeah. as I love you. <laughs> and, like, and I've said to him, like, you know what? I know that you love me and that's wonderful and I love you too. And I know that you love daddy and daddy loves you so much too. Sometimes when we talk about who we love more than someone else, that there's a potential there for somebody to get their feelings hurt. So maybe mm. instead of like ordering the love and like saying who we love like more <laughs> right. or less, maybe we can just say I love you yeah. and we're good. And he'll hear me, but then he'll be like, but I do. I just love you more. Yeah. I love you more. <laughs> but I do facts. love you more. But yeah. I do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you want me to lie? Is that what you're telling me to do? Yes. Lie to your father. <laughs> Tell him you love him. But like one thing that has been kind of cool is – there's like some interesting dynamics because there's three of them. So like yeah. Curtis, sorry to Jesse, but Curtis is the first of the kids who has just as of age one, like done the like, I'll run to you and hug you because I'm happy to see you yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, the Grace and Oscar both do that now sometimes. Yeah. But it took a long time to get there. Whereas like Curtis is like pretty much... <laughs> He will choose me every time, yeah. but like he he loves he's like much more openly affectionate. He sees that there might be a 
like there's a disbalance of like like oh but this guy this I like guy this deserves guy. a little something he's yeah. got moxie yeah the he's other two aren't yeah they're all yeah that lady yeah I'm gonna go with this guy because yeah. I can get all the exactly. love exactly yeah, yeah no yeah. he's he's doing Smart. that and then I don't know if it's related to that or totally unrelated just Gracie getting older but all of a sudden she's been in this phase where she's just like super affectionate with Jesse mm. and it's so nice like she'll she'll say like oh, daddy. I haven't given you your morning hug and like run over, you know, like really sweet, spontaneous, really nice things. And I think that's helped Oscar because like, yeah, it's not like this weird dynamic anymore that, you know what I mean? Like it's it's not like all the kids and mom versus dad, which it was for a while, which is like totally weird. And like, and, and yeah, when we're in those situations, when it's feeling that way, I am I'm totally with you. I don't know what my job is to do at that point. Yeah. I'm a little bit like, did we just create monsters? Like yeah. I don't know how to fix this. Like Because I know that like that three, four, five developmentally mm-hmm. that because I've witnessed it with Katie Bell. Mm-hmm. I, I know and I've heard you talk about it. I know that there is something about the like, I love you mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Right? Like I mean that yeah. like this is how they're expressing themselves and it like how it works with yeah. what they understand the Maybe world to be. Maybe they're just trying to understand yeah. their feelings too. Well, and right. So by saying it, they're processing it. <laughs> but you then know? it's when they get a little older. Yeah. And I think like sometimes with like Katie Bell and where she is, it could be that it's less about him and more about her disappointment that I'm not spending some sort of time with her, yeah. right? That she feels yeah. isn't as much. Right. Or that Ellis is getting more time right. than than she is. So it's not the disappointment, oh, great. Maybe we should be listening to those different. Maybe I should be feeling worse. Maybe you know what I mean? But if I'm but if I'm being like aware of how our house works. There's a good chance that's where that's coming from. It's not about how much it sucks that Stefan is taking her to school. It's that I'm not. Yeah. No, I think there is something to that because I've noticed Jesse and I repeating this like weird mantra to our kids. Like, yeah, mom's here too. Like, yeah. like, cause sometimes like he'll pick Curtis up and he'll be like, I love you to, to Curtis. And Curtis will be like, mama. And, yeah. and he's like, yeah, mama's here too. Like, it's like, we're trying to be like, no, just because one doesn't yeah. mean the other one goes away. Yeah. Like, we can all enjoy each other. <laughs> it's not, yeah. it's not a, like a competition. It's not yeah. an either or. Like, Yeah, I always try and do the thing where it's like, you know, else be like, I love you. I'm yeah. like, I love you. Uh-huh. And I love your sister. Yeah. And I love your papa. Yeah. Like, in hopes that he'll say yeah. those things. And he'll go, I love you. <laughs> And, and Katie Bell's gotten into the, who do you love more? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I love you both equally and differently. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. And this is not like a big, long discussion. No, no. And, but yeah. I love... We're also like both married to men and who we're are... both the primary caregivers. Yeah. And like, I feel, I this is a, I know this is a dynamic other yeah. people are dealing with, but I, also... I know we're also limited by yeah. our very specific circumstances. Right. And we've got partners yeah. who are really involved. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. like... Stefan plays some sort of role in which the kids don't have access right. to him. So yeah. it makes sense yeah. that, you know, they love me more, express right. that more. Right. You know, he's available in the mornings. He's available after work. He does put downs, teeth brushing, bath mm-hmm. time. Like, like, I've been working really hard in terms of Ellis of really pushing, not pushing, but mm-hmm. like 
making sure that Stefan is having that time and he wants that time. Yeah. You know, and in order to help navigate the pitfall of like what happened with Katie Bell at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I, I wonder if no matter what the dynamic is gender wise, Mm -hmm. whoever is the stay at home or the person who is spending more time, Mm -hmm. more responsible for the day-to-day activities, Mm -hmm. be it, you know, even just bedtime routines. Like Mm -hmm. even if you've got childcare up until you can come home for work, if both parents are working, if there's that dynamic Mm -hmm. and, and even in a childcare situation where like, you know, when mama was in law school, and there was just like I was constantly in childcare mm-hmm. with like babysitters and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, there were times I wish that she was my mother, you know, yeah, like, true. you know, I, so I yeah. think there's some of that is the exposure to, to other adults, to other yeah. adults who's sort of yeah. around the most. Yeah. But there's something else to it. Like, there's this other element that I feel like why it's coming up for me uh-huh. is because. They are involved, nice people. Yeah, I think that is definitely true. Like, I think pre- I think Jesse has become a steadily more and more involved parent, like, as yeah. we've had more and more kids and as I, our kids have gotten older. And he, like, I think previously when my kids would, like, openly choose me over him, there was some part of me that was a little bit like, well, yeah, Duh. I mean, I'm, like, doing everything. Yeah. Like, there was a little bit of that, and yeah. th- which was unfair at the time, but there was more of that dynamic in our household, whereas now it's, like, when, when, they're, when they're, like, shitty to him, <laughs> I do find myself going, like, God, like, he does everything for them. Like, I mean, he's... His whole, like, and just thinking about, like, how does that feel? Like, our whole lives revolve around these little people. And then to just kind of not, like, to really kind of get the short end of the stick in some ways. Like, it really does. I think it probably is more hurtful than he lets on. Yeah, I do. And and I'm always, like, impressed with his ability to be, like, I'm going to just be the parent and be a grown-up about this and, like, understand that they're kids and, like, they do love me and, like, continue on and not, like, act hurt and not act... Because that's hard. I would act hurt. Well, I was going to say, you know, let's just swap this around here for a second. I would feel really hurt. Yeah, Yeah. and I would probably respond as such. I would would let that get to me. Yeah. And and also, because, yeah, uh, I think this is where we're on to a little something here. It's... it may not even be about our kids uh-huh. being jerks, but how do we respond? Right. It's nice that, like, right now we're at some sort of place where we can say, God, that really must suck because uh, they are doing a lot yes. for these kids yeah, uh, every day, and they deserve it. But if this was any given Sunday, as it were, <laughs> it could have also be like, well, of course yeah. they fucking do. Yeah. Because, you know, well, yeah. where are you? Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we become the jerk. It's right. that, because like, there's that resentment yeah. that we all go through and it cycles through. I yeah. you get to floss your teeth. Yeah. You know, like, that cycle is so much part of the dynamic of parenting with yes. somebody else. Yes. And it's really easy to ignore how the, you know, how our kids are communicating with us differently and instead turn that into some sort of negative, haggard and broken response at our partner, really isolating them. Like, it's like, it's less worse that my kids are mad that 
he has to take them to school. Yeah. And like, it's way worse than I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's right. Yeah. How does that yeah. feel? Yeah. Right? For no reason. For no reason. For no reason. That's just your own resentment. Yeah. It's like cropping up in that moment. Right. Your own resentment about other stuff. Yeah. Do you see this yeah. mirror? The children yeah. are showing you. Yeah. That, right. When that's not the case yeah. at all. No. Oh. Yeah. Now, maybe we should stop being a jerk to dad. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care. At Care.com, you can find care for everyone in the family. You can find child care for daytime. You can find child care for a date night. You can also find housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care. Those are all needs that you need help with. (laughs) (laughs) To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Well, this week, my wonderful husband, Jesse, and I are going away from our family, from our house, from our children, and from our lives for four nights Whoa. Uh, while my parents stay at our house and take care of our kids and take them to school and bring them home from school and take them to appointments and do all the stuff, the food and the lunches and the, all, all the that stuff. stuff. And I, we've been planning this for many months, and it's totally one of those things where if somebody suggested it to me last week, I would have been like, we're not ready. We're not ready. But, like, because we scheduled it months ago, when, like, I was like, surely by May we'll be able to do that, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's happening. It's happening, and I am nervous, but I'm also really excited, and I'm going to get some time with Jesse, just the two of us. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is... Amazing. Thank you. Good. Good job. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) So this is a weird one that probably only works in our house. But like Stefan and I were having this like nice weekend and we were talking something like money came up about something. And he said, "Uh, we got to talk about the estimated taxes Mm. because we need to pay those. Mm -hmm. And look, I know they're going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. I am all freelance. Mm -hmm. He does a little bit of freelance. And I was like... (laughs) You know what? 
I just don't want to hear that number today. I know it's going to be a number yeah. that's going to like send me into anxiety mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to pay four times this year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Maybe you should write the number down on a piece of paper. It's just mm-hmm. like, so I know that if I find like a movies. piece of paper yeah. somewhere in the house that's with the a number. horrible number on it, yeah. I'm going to know that that's what I yeah. have to write a check for at some point in time. Uh-huh. And and maybe you could put it somewhere, somewhere fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, that I way, when I so see much. it, I yeah. don't have to connect this with you. Right. I don't have to react in front of you. Right. I can yell and scream. Yeah. And then that led to this hilarious discussion of where is the most appropriate and most inappropriate place? Like, I was like, yeah. mm, maybe it should be in the laundry. Yeah. Maybe you should put it. Like, where yeah. do I always look? Right. right? Maybe. So I put it on top of the cat box. Yes. <laughs> and he did it. And I opened it. And I was like, I can just fold this back up. And put it right, put it back, right back on top of the cat box. <laughs> and I just got to walk away. Amazing. But this may have saved our marriage. That's really smart. That was really creative <laughs> thinking. I really like that a it lot. Was, we're only going to give each other bad news. Bad news by <laughs> notes in weird places. Yeah, notes yes. in weird places. Love it. Hi. I am doing a great job today. I'm calling with a genius. I've been listening for years, and this is my first call. But today, I looked at a giant basket full of socks that need to be folded, and I didn't want to do it. So I offered my children, ages 7, 6, and 5, 10 cents a pair, and they have been folding socks for the last 30 minutes and are very excited about the dollar and 30 cents that each one of them are going to get. Best money ever spent. You're all doing a great job. Have a wonderful day. Bye. (laughs) You are doing a great job. So great. That is actually a really smart idea, just to have them all in, like, one place. Yes. 10 cents a sock. They're fighting me a pair. Yeah. You're fighting over it. Yeah. They're fighting to do yeah. the laundry. Think how fast that goes. Oh, my God. Too fast. Yeah. Like, to the point where you're kind of disappointed that you didn't have more for them, for them to, to do. do. Yeah. yeah. You are doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Good job. Great job. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So... Last week, it was Jesse's birthday, and so, like, midweek, I was just a crazy person and decided to, like, have some of his friends over to surprise him, like, on a Wednesday night. And just, like, we just, like, had ice cream, and it was really fun, and it was great, and I was glad it worked out. But, like, everything got late that night, and, like, at, you know, the latest possible point, the last thing I'm doing before bed is making lunches for the next Mm -hmm. day, of course. And I made Gracie's lunch, I made Oscar's lunch, and then I was making Curtis's lunch, and I went into the fridge to get something out for his lunch, and I guess I just hadn't slid Gracie's lunch, like, far enough back, and it's like a bento box-style lunchbox, and it just slipped out, popped open, and everything poured out everywhere and because it's like bento box it's not like individual containers it's it's like everything it's just open so just everything everywhere and I mean the whole just the whole entire lunch and I I I just I was so horrified I couldn't even believe it was happening and I couldn't stop it from happening and (laughs) I had um (laughs) two things in there that are poisonous to dogs I had grapes and raisins (laughs) And I had a dog near me, so yeah. I had to, like, frantically get the dog away and, like, clean everything oh, up. Yeah. And then I just had to make her lunch over again. 
It just had to start over and make the lunch over again. Do over. Yeah. Oh. Yep. All right. Katie Bell had to see an orthodontist because, (laughs) because, of course, that's what is life is life. It's life. That's life. Most kids. Most kids. Whatever. Yeah. I just am like, God. Damn. Yeah. Anyway, she's got to get a little stuff done, okay. including a little tooth pulled. Oh, okay. And I need to follow up with a tooth pulling person and then with the orthodontist person yes. and get this all taken care of. Yes. And I haven't for oh, like yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. For weeks. Yeah, I can see. Yeah. I mean, they're just like, it's on like every week I start my weekly to-do list. And in there, it's like, call so-and-so and and call so-and-so. And And then everything gets scratched off. Except that. Except those two. And then it's Friday. And then I'm like, they're not in their offices on Friday. And then it all repeats. And I just Some part of you is hoping that her mouth will fix itself. I'm like, come on, tooth. Fall out. Fall out. Just fall out. Yeah. Here's some bit of honey. I just want you to eat Laffy Taffy all month. Ugh. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a fail. I, I'm i on vacation with my husband and, my, and our four-and-a-half-year-old son, and we're at this playground, and there's dozens of kids and parents with them on this playground structure, and there's a big open field where our son wanted to put a tag. As my husband played the first round, I would decided I was like, okay, I'll play the second round. I didn't even manage to get off of the playground concrete area into the grass when I completely ate it, fell flat on my face, skinned my knees, through my jeans, bleeding, all sorts of stuff. And, and of course, the first thing the woman who saw me said, oh, I thought you were a kid. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. So, now my husband is playing tag with him because I basically cannot run. And I'm a terrible mother because I don't know how to run into like a kid. Y'all are doing a great job. Bye. Oh, oh God. That's horrible. It is. There is, there is just nothing worse yeah. than falling as an adult. Yeah. It really <laughs> is so falling, awful. Falling is really awkward yeah. at, at any time. Anyway, yeah. But, like, somehow, once we get older, yeah. it like there's a level of we get like, worse at it. Well, yeah, we do yeah. get worse at it, and yeah. like, uh, then you can't play tag, yeah. and like, do yeah. you get to cry about it? Right. I don't know. I just like Feel that like you're at the park right now, yeah, calling us, yeah, watching this. Yes, you are a monster <laughs> for just trying to put one foot in front of the other. That how dare you? You're doing a horrible job. Vacation. Ruined. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by PACT. I don't know about you, but I am at a place where I am getting more and more concerned about what I'm putting in my kids and on my kids, as well as in and on me, and the companies who are providing those things. 
Pact, an eco-friendly clothing company, wants to make sure that you know their clothes have no gross stuff, just 100% organic cotton. And they make clothes for kids ages newborn to 12. Everything is fairly priced. For example, t-shirts are just $6. Pact wants kids to love their stuff, so all their clothes are super soft and tagless with fun colors that allow kids to mix and match to make parent-approved outfits, which means they're wearing pants in public. (laughs) Pact makes clothes in adult sizes, too. So shop head-to-toe goodness for the whole family at wearpact.com. Use the code ONEBADMOTHER to get 20% off your first purchase. That's W-E-A-R-P-A-C-T dot com and the code ONEBADMOTHER. Hi, everybody. During today's interview, we talk about miscarriage. So feel free to skip ahead to the end of the show if you need to. And remember, you are doing a really good job. Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. This week, we are welcoming back Lucy Nicely, who is the author and illustrator of beloved graphic novels about memory, identity, food, and family. Her Alex Award-winning graphic novel, Relish, My Life in the Kitchen, tells the story of her childhood steeped in the food industry. Her graphic memoirs include Something New, Tales from a Makeshift Bride, and her new New York Times bestseller, Kid gloves, nine months of careful chaos. And you may also remember her from episode 255, where she joined us in Chicago live. Welcome back, Lucy. Thank you. (laughs) It's a little different without a crowd of people in the... I know. I'm used to talking to you both in a bar. I know. That was an interesting bar experience. (laughs) It was a bar. Yeah. (laughs) It was the most pregnant women I've ever seen in a bar. Yeah. That's oh, for sure. that yes. is that's for, that should just be our tagline yeah. for our live shows. Yeah. Like whenever we go on tour, the most the pregnant, most pregnant people you will ever see in a bar. <laughs> oh, that is amazing. Before we get into the new graphic memoir, I want to let's see what's changed. I'd like to ask you what well, we ask all our guests who lives in your house? I live in my house. I live with my partner, John, and my son, who goes by a code name publicly, which is Palindrome, or PAL for short, who is going to turn three in June. And we also have a loud elderly cat who you might hear in the background of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) What's the noise? Tell us the noise, because I have cats. Is it a moaning? Yeah, is it a moaning, or is it more of a caterwauling? What is it? It's like a fully human-sounding word, whoa. Yeah. She just goes like, whoa, whoa, yes. at all times. I house that for a cat like misery. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's, actually, before we get specifically into kid gloves, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about the graphic memoir format. You you do it incredibly well. And I guess, how did you initially get interested in telling stories in that format? Oh, thank you. Um, I got started making comics about my life when I was in high school and just sort of doing it in my sketchbook for fun. And then I had a really tough time in high school. I went to four different high schools and I was just the new kid every single year. So when I started art school to be a painter, (laughs) I didn't know how to 
talk to other people my age. I just I was like oh. unable to connect with other human beings at that point. So I started making these comics about my experiences in a new city and a new school, learning to be an artist, and I published them in the school newspaper and started hearing back from people who were thinking similar things, experiencing similar things that I wrote about. And it was this light bulb moment for me that I could tell stories about my life and make someone else feel less alone, make myself feel less alone. And it it all went downhill from there. I just never stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, I. that's just, I'm not going to derail us into put stuff out there, people. You're, you know, like, I, I, it's so great because I can imagine how much those comics probably did connect to other people. And, you know, there's just so many situations in which we feel like we're the only ones until somebody says, hey, this is happening. And you go, oh, hey, I'm not the only one. Me too. Right. Right. Which I think is really one of the things that's so wonderful about uh, your latest memoir, which is Kid Gloves. And you say in another interview that you wrote Kid Gloves for your younger self and that you would wish that you had, a book like this had existed for you then. And I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. All of the books that I picked up in my early pregnancy were either very scientific, often written by like a male doctor yep. who had like seen a child born at one time, <laughs> um, or they were... Sort of written from this kind of earth mother goddess perspective yeah. of like, oh, the beauty miracle of pregnancy, blah, blah, blah. And sure, yeah, that's plenty of people have that experience of pregnancy. But for me, I spent like the first, you know, three months throwing up and then I was asleep for the next three months and then I was just miserable and unhappy and uncomfortable and then I almost died. So it was like I did not have that earth mother goddess experience. I didn't really gain a lot from these scientific books that I was reading. I just wanted someone to tell me their honest experience of what they had gone through to get pregnant, to be pregnant, and to give birth in a maybe not ideal modern Western society where it's not the easiest process. Wow. I, now I am going to derail us a little. Are you willing to talk about your experience like the, the sure, the, yeah. You, I, you um, just dropped it, almost killed you, and I'm like, well, let's talk <laughs> know, about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, I uh, like you know so many people in this world struggled to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be a parent. I wanted to get pregnant and be pregnant. I was really interested in it. Uh, and in fact, before I became a graphic novelist, I wanted to be a midwife for mm-hmm. the longest time as a kid. So I, I considered myself very well informed. I had good education, good reproductive education growing up, and I read all my mom's pregnancy books as a kid. And <laughs> as an adult, I was really fascinated with it. And I talked to pregnant friends, and I still felt so blindsided mm-hmm. going into it, where all of a sudden, I, uh, I I didn't know at all what I was doing. And I had a miscarriage in my first uh, pregnancy attempt. And I thought, oh, I'm the first person to ever go through this. This is, I'm, <laughs> it's just me. I'm incredibly yeah. unlucky. And when the doctor told me, oh, no, no, like one in four pregnancies end this way, I was so shocked that I wasn't privy to this information beforehand, that no one had told me I hadn't learned in my classes. I hadn't read it in any of my books. Like, I just had no idea. And I thought, well, why isn't this? Why isn't this something I know Yeah. so that I could have prepared myself if this was going to happen to me? I'm totally blindsided by this. 
And uh, it sort of went on from there. More and more uh, sort of revealing facts about pregnancy were um, <laughs> were being blasted in the, in my face. I say. <laughs> yeah. So I had uh, I had really bad pregnancy sickness. I don't like calling it morning sickness because it was 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, for the first like 13 weeks of my <sighs> third pregnancy, I had two miscarriages before I finally it finally took and. Um, I also had to have a surgery on my uterus. I had a septum oh, wow. in my uterus, and they had to go in and snip it out. I had to see a reproductive endocrinologist. And, um, you know, I thought, oh, this is really hard, but it's so typical. And particularly in the U.S., there's this booming industry of the fertility industry, and every other person is going through something like this. And it's it's not talked about. It's yep. not discussed openly, and it makes it so much more difficult to go through it with this kind of stigma that you're not supposed to talk about it or no one else is talking about it. So it must be like shameful in some way. So I went into it with this like, oh my God, like, (laughs) why are we not talking about this? This is crazy. (laughs) Because it's women stuff. Gross. (laughs) It's just just girl stuff. Yuck. (laughs) Um, And pregnancy was really, really hard for me. And um, of course, I was thrilled to be pregnant, but I was in this situation where I I felt like I couldn't complain because I was like, I worked so hard to be this miserable. Yeah. So this is just what I'm doing now. <laughs> um, and then I was, you know, I was very healthy. I ate very well and I, I'm like young and strong and I, I swam a mile every day and was very like, you know, working hard to keep this pregnancy healthy and all that. I had the best medical care. I had really good insurance. I was in, you know, a major city with a great hospital, great doctors. And I still came very close within a hair's breadth of dying in childbirth and, <laughs> again, was really shocked by this whole experience and what, uh, you know, what kind of medical problems there are with reproductive medicine. Well, that's because one guy saw a baby being born once and then set up, <laughs> said, I'm write a book said every, this. this is how it's going to work forever. <laughs> we don't need to look into this yeah. any more, guys. <laughs> Right, the baby's healthy, so we don't need to worry about the mom. Oh, fuck her. I mean, again, (laughs) sorry. Uh, Well, I'm so glad that you and your baby uh, are were so healthy. That is wonderful. I'm glad to hear that. But you're... Eventually, but I yeah. the next year I had to get my gallbladder out oh, the year my... after my kid was born. Like pregnancy did a number on me. Yeah, and you know it's it's horrifying. And in the U.S. You know, we have the highest maternal mortality rate of any developed nation, and it's staggering to understand this with our, like, advanced medical science and this huge industry preying upon reproductively challenged couples. And, like, why why are so many women dying? And then it's six times worse yeah. for women of color. Yeah. And it's <laughs> it was it was something that I'm, like... As now, three years later, still frothing at the mouth about. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna. I mean, we had on a guest a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about physical therapy after giving mm. birth, and just that, like, just now, like researchers are looking or actually like, how does that work down there? <laughs> yeah, like how how, how might physical therapy yeah, actually be helpful <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, after pregnancy and childbirth. I guess women do birth. need a functioning, like, reproductive yeah, yeah. And urinary system. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it is, it is staggering how little we actually know about 
women's reproductive health, more so staggering how little attention and research has been put yeah. into it. And when you think, like you said, it's the year 2019, we're advanced, you know, medically in this country. And so the assumption, like you say, the assumption is this is all going to be fine. You know, it's all normal. Right. Thank you so much for sharing that. And as, as you do <laughs> in the book, which is so wonderful. But I want to talk a little bit about the structure of the book, because it's really interesting in that in between the chapters about your lived experiences, we get these chapters about the history and science of reproductive. I mean, this very thing that you're talking about is that is everything we just talked about why you set the the novel up like this to provide the information that you had been learning? Yes. The the hope was that, you know, as somebody who really thought that I was very well informed, um, I still was very blindsided. So I wanted to make a book that not only told an honest story about what I went through and my feelings and my physical uh, <laughs> trials and tribulations, but I also wanted to talk about the things that I learned from the research that I did during this time. And not just the research, but the revealing things that I went through that revealed more scientific and historical facts than I ever could have dreamed of. So I just really wanted to have a book that covered not only the personal, but the historical and the scientific. I wanted to destigmatize things that I felt the stigma created a great deal of shame around, like miscarriage. Yeah. And I wanted this book to be a friend to somebody who was going through something like what I did. Well, I, one of the ways I think that you tie that in so nicely uh, through your drawings is the paper plane imagery that goes throughout the the book. feels like it's tied to stories being shared. And like you said, you wanted to provide, be a friend, tell a story to somebody who really might need to hear it. I was wondering how hearing other women's stories helped you with this journey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I mean, after my second miscarriage, I was so fucked up. I mean, I was completely yeah. <laughs> just in agony. You know, you're not just dealing with this loss and this grief, but you're going through hormonal hell. And it, you know, it's so difficult to kind of claw your way back out of it. And the only way that I could do that was through hearing other people who come out on the other side and were like whole and fully <laughs> functional people. Yeah. And part of that was reading a lot of books about the topic. Part of that was talking with friends. And what really amazed me was when I went through it, it was like every other person I've ever met was like, oh, yeah, me too. And I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea that you'd ever gone through this. And it, it was so validating. And, you know, they went through a lot of the same things that I did. And I think that that shared experience is so healing. And I that's a big part of why I wanted to put that into my book. Well, so why, how did that lead to the paper or plane image? So I didn't talk about my miscarriage publicly for a long time, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very immediate as a comic artist. I usually put, you know, what's going on with me out there in my comics. And I didn't do that for a long time after my miscarriage. I just didn't feel up to it. And uh, I hadn't gone through something like that before where I hadn't been up to talking about it. Comics have always been a way for me to talk about like a breakup or having to move or deal with the loss of a grandparent, that sort of thing. And, you know, reach out and get that response from people that make me feel less alone in this. But with miscarriage, I felt really isolated in this and I wanted to 
sort of sit with my feelings and process it for a long time. So I think it took me like uh, six months after my first miscarriage to write about it, to sit down and write about it. And I wrote this comic about it and, um, and it was, uh, it used these ideas of time travel that mm-hmm. I could put myself in this comic as a way of looking back at myself going through this experience and, and extend care for her, extend like sympathy and love for the self that was going through this. And it was my way to kind of try and heal that past self and to see the progress that I had made in six months of grief. And what I hadn't anticipated was how much response I would get from people who needed to see that themselves. They needed to sort of heal their own past self and see a comic that dealt with this kind of thing and uh, acknowledge that grief. So for me, it was so important to make that story and to tell that story because it other people's stories were healing me and I wanted to reach out and try and help other people heal. And the way that I represented that in the graphic novel and graphic memoir is through these paper airplanes to um, tell your story and to send it out there in the world as this missive and to have someone who receives that and feels validated or healed in some way by that story is so important. I love you. Just sitting here being like, I love you I know. so I love you. much. You're doing such a good job. I mean, because I, this oh, is I love you both too. All we have. <laughs> this is. I swear, there's something about becoming a parent, a kid winding up in your house, however it got there, that like really makes you wake up and feel like. Like you're in a different dimension. Like like you have not been looking at reality the same. Like like that. And I don't mean like everything's more beautiful reality and love. And get, I mean like, whoa, we are really misinformed. <laughs> whoa, why aren't we yeah. talking about this? Whoa, how is this And like this every day is a our... new alien planet. Too. Yeah. You're just at sea all yeah, the time. all the time. And then, you know, you read articles and you read, ah, and you're just like, well, th- ah, that's not helping. Or why, <laughs> why is this just being looked? And then you just curl up in a ball. And let your children yep. paint your face. Yep. <laughs> I just wanted to add, like, I think we do, we talk a lot on this show about getting blindsided mm-hmm. in the emotional sense. Yeah. And like the, and like the, just the day to day difficulties around parenting. But what I really, really appreciate about your book is I think that the, the missing components to our physical health education around childbirth are like kind of particularly violating in a way Mm -hmm. um like I really appreciated for instance the part where you talked about having your first miscarriage and how you chose not to have a DNC and you ended up I'm just gonna say I hope this isn't triggering for people but like bleeding for 40 days (laughs) and like I I mean I've talked about my experiences Mm -hmm. with miscarriage on this show before in the past but I also I had a similar experience. It wasn't 40 days, but I think it was like three weeks or something. And I just remember at the time and I'm still I'm reliving it with your book. But I'm I'm thinking like it's so odd to me that you have this like team of doctors who know what's going on with you. But not, and they, it's like they deal with this all the time mm-hmm. and it's very common, but nobody ever one time said, this is what will happen or this is in the range of what will happen or these are the, broadly speaking, this is the kinds of things that you will experience over the next couple of months. Yeah. Like nobody right. ever, t- not even so, a fact sheet. 
Literally. I mean, it's so yeah. odd. Yeah. And at like at the very least, I think we need these paper airplanes going yeah. out into the world so that fewer people because I also felt that I couldn't talk about it at yeah. that time. I mean, I a few people knew, sure. Like it's not like I had no support, but the grand scheme of like I couldn't tell the world. Like I couldn't tell work. I couldn't yeah. tell people I right. you know you I could be like I'm bleeding yeah, yeah I'm actively like, out of my vagina. I'm actively having a miscarriage on an ongoing basis right, right, right now, now. Like, nobody yeah, as we're standing here <laughs> getting Burger King I'm actively yeah, doing right. it's not like pregnancy where you're like you like let's share all the gross horrible weird yeah. things that are going through our yeah. body is this normal for you <laughs> yeah. is that not yeah. no one does that with miscarriage no. it's not like hey no. is this normal yeah. for you yeah. even though miscarriages are normal and happen as we all know, yeah. a lot more than we talk about. Yeah. So, well, God. Yeah. Let's, on that note, I just want to shift to the cat real quick. Uh, <laughs> I follow you on Instagram, and I love your Instagram. So, like, every time I go on to Instagram, I'm like, oh, cat comic. And you, <laughs> got, you do a lot of comics about your delightful aging grumpy cat. And I guess, I mean, besides me wanting you to tell me all about your cat, which is probably not the way we should go in this interview, I will instead ask... That's a how, whole nother podcast. It is. It is. How is creating comics for Instagram different than writing books for you? Well, it's interesting because it has sort of... The attention has shifted to my cat of late. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned, my son's about to turn three and it was all about him for the first yeah. two and a half years of his life. <laughs> Every comic that I drew was about him and about my experience as his mother and, uh, you know, new parenthood. And I, I mind the heck out of that for sure. And as he becomes more like cognizant of the world and of what I do and what his role in my work is, you know, it just sort of makes sense at this point to kind of shift a little bit of attention away from him in my work and try and protect his privacy and his story and everything like that. But um, it has to go somewhere. <laughs> so yeah. my poor cat is now, uh, I mean, she's always been the apple of my eye before my son was born, but uh, she's getting all of the uh, the love and attention that she missed out over the last three years. <laughs> it's now like in a concentrated form of I'm... these comics that I've been making about her. Well, they are a delight, especially for cat lovers. Thank you. Especially for those of us <laughs> who have cats similar in their house. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us again. And and thank you so much, not only for being incredibly honest about your experiences, but putting all that honesty into this really powerful and beautiful and amazing graphic memoir that, you know, it is. It's just one big paper airplane. And I, I cannot recommend it enough. It is it is remarkable, and, and we really appreciate you coming on and sharing it with us. Thank you, of course. Anytime. We will link everybody up to how they can get a copy of Kid Gloves, Nine Months of Careful Chaos, as well as to your Instagram to see the cats uh, <laughs> and all of your social media. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk soon. My pleasure. Thank you both. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
thanks so much to the over 28,000 members who joined or upgraded during the 2019 Max Fund Drive and to all of our monthly members. To celebrate hitting our goal this year, we're putting the 2019 Max Fund Drive pins on sale for all $10 and up monthly members. As in past years, you'll be able to get some pins and support a great cause at the same time. The proceeds from this year's sale will support the National Court-Appointed Special Advocates Association. National CASA does amazing work for children and youth through a national network of 950 member programs. We are proud to be able to support them. The pin sale will run from April 29th until May 10th. And if you're a $10 and up monthly member, your personalized code is waiting in your inbox right now. For more details, you can head over to MaximumFun.org slash pins. And once again, thank you. Hello, I'm Oliver Wong, DJ, scholar, and journalist. And I'm Morgan Rhodes, music supervisor and stiletto devotee. And we host Heat Rocks, a podcast where we invite our favorite musicians, writers, and scholars to talk about the albums that have changed their lives. Morgan, what exactly is a heat rock? It's a record that's like hot fire, combustible. Basically, just a really, really good album. We've taken a deep dive into Nigerian funk from the 70s. He kind of had like a bad reputation in in town as just being like a sketchy dude. (laughs) And he was just making music that for thousands of miles around him, he was the only person doing anything like that. 1980s teen comedy soundtracks. This soundtrack always felt the same to me as like when I would find a a great blazer at a thrift store that I could, I was like, oh, this is going to be me now. We've talked about Prince, Boys to Men, Kendrick Lamar, and everything in between. Heat Rocks, every Thursday here on Maximum Fun. Teresa, I love her. I know, I love her too. I'm just not, this is public service work that she's doing. I mean, for real. Yeah, I agree. Like, straight up public service slash art <laughs> i i just i guess i'm gonna spend the rest of my life with my mouth hanging open i know and stunned like awe yeah that we keep talking about this yeah yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> what's also awe-inspiring is listening to a mom have a breakdown hi this is a fail it might be a rant Flash fail, but when my husband and I first started talking about having kids before we got married, we knew we wanted three, and our brilliant idea was, well, we'll just have them really quickly, and then we'll be done with all the baby stuff and done with having kids and all that. Well, fast forward to now, we have a three and a half year old, a two year old, and a four month old, and the fail is that we did this on purpose, and it's just really, really hard right now. Um, I'm struggling. Every single day is a struggle for a hundred different reasons. The three and a half year old is hard. The two year old is hard. The four month old is hard. And having one of each seems really impossible most days. Um, my bar is already pretty low if everybody is alive and mostly fed by the end of the day, then I call it a win. And I know. I try to picture my Thanksgiving table 15 years from now, and I know that we will be really happy that we did this, and hopefully our kids will all be close with each other, but it's just really, really hard right now. And I just, you know, I mean, it was our choice. We did it, but it's just really hard.
So that's all. I just wanted to say that and get that out. Um, it's hard to talk to other people about it because um, we did do this on purpose. So, anyways, um, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you for the show. <laughs> I love you. Hi, Nat. You're doing such a great job. <laughs> yeah, you are. First of all, uh, and this is what it all ties into with the whole, well, it's what you asked for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, even Lucy said that. She's like, I can't tell anybody I'm throwing up all the time because yeah. I work so hard to get this. Yeah. You know, like... Bullshit. Yeah. I call it bullshit. Yeah. You get to have made this choice. Yeah. Which was not a fail. I mean, I yeah. get it. But like, you get to have made this choice. Yeah. And then you also get to sit in that choice. Yeah. And be like, this is really hard. It's not like you can choose yeah. to go back in time <laughs> and not do it that way. So if like, only we could go back. I mean, really. I know, like, I know. This, this reminds me so much of our call from either last week or the week before from the single mom who adopted yeah. the two really oh, young yeah. kids, like the two-year-old <laughs> and the 10-month-old or something. Yeah. And because it's so hard and you feel guilty that you're not, like, doing great with Loving it all the this. time. I love this. Like, or guilty <laughs> that, like, ooh, maybe this wasn't the best idea. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't matter if you think that. It's fine. Yeah. I think that all the time. Oh, 24 I'm always hours like, a day. I'm always like, wow, why did we have another kid? <laughs> like, wow, okay, yeah. that was yeah. so stupid, but I'm glad, like, I love I'm Curtis. also glad. Yeah, yeah, like, I can't, I know I can't fix it. It's so <laughs> fucking hard, though. But it's two things, because it's two things. Yeah. It's, you set up a family. Yeah. And that is something you yeah. wanted. Yeah. And all those boxes are ticked, and there will be a Thanksgiving one day yeah. that is not Really hard, yeah. okay, or hard in a different way. Yeah, let's meet his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's the one thing, right? We got the family, yeah, it's what you wanted, yeah. and that is good, yeah. That is totally separate, yeah, from how that affects you. And this is exactly what we have been talking about. That's the whole point of this show, yeah, is that, yeah, there's having children in your life, yeah. And, like, knowing that you love them and knowing that this was something that you wanted to do or happened and you're like, yeah, okay, let's go with it. And mm-hmm. Whatever decisions got them in your house, it's okay. Yes. But how that affects you, how that changes your life, yeah. and how you're supposed to, like, adapt and grow and adjust mm-hmm. simultaneously, yeah. which we know no one talks about. I mean, just the no. very question we're not supposed to, like, say that we're not having fun because right. we asked for it yeah. is, like, one of those things that says why we don't talk about it. Like, right. Why why yeah. we're, like, feeling weird about saying yeah. this is really hard. Yeah. I, I could just – everything you said is true. Yeah. Everything. Everything. And you are doing – you and your partner are doing a remarkable job. Yeah, you are. Teresa, through that entire description of what's happening in your house, uh-huh. was just shaking her head no, <laughs> back and forth. Because that is some serious age happening in your house. Yeah. Yes. I was shaking my head yeah. no when you were listing off your kids' yeah, ages. ages. Where you're like – because, Not because no, but just yes. because – yeah. Damn. That's because it's not because no, it's because yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It is. That I is, mean, it's of course it's so hard. Yeah. Yes. But you're amazing. You're doing it. Yes, you are you're doing it. You're doing that. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> that. that is what you're doing. <laughs> you're doing it already. Yes. 
You are doing it. Oh, my God. And you're doing a great job at it. You are. You really are. Are. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that partners deserve a little respect Mm -hmm. from our children. Usually. And possibly from us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, all family setups aside, somebody's probably getting the shit end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and in particular, and I do want to give a shout out to single parents who have to get both ends of the stick so true. all the time. So true. The like, I hate you. Yeah. And the I love you. Yeah. That's no fun yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, I got to figure like if you are working full time yeah. and you're a single parent and whoever is taking care of your yep. kid during that time, maybe the one getting, the getting l- all the I love you's yeah. sometimes. Yeah, and exactly. That probably feels awful. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. But here's the the thing. In most cases, yeah. you actually are doing a great job and they actually do love us. Yeah. <laughs> they actually they're just kids. Yep. And we see what you're doing. And I think it's important occasionally to see what my partner is doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we learned we should continue to be nice to each other. Yep. Good lesson. <laughs> We also learned that there are too many secrets and zero information surrounding women's reproductive health, what it's like when children arrive in your house, how that affects your family dynamic. Uh, Yeah, I just, great lesson. Super excited that we keep learning that. Finally, guys, we have a little bit of actually really positive, awesome happenings that we want to share. So there is a sock drive going on right now. Art Division, which is an arts organization for high schoolers here in Los Angeles, is hosting a sock drive for people in the MacArthur Park area who don't have homes. MacArthur Park is right outside our studio where we record our show every week. So Max Fun is going to be donating 128 pairs of socks to this cause. And if you would like to participate, we're happy to receive them and deliver them to Art Division for distribution. So we're asking people to order new socks, men's or women's, and send them to us by May 24th. The address is Sock Drive Max Fun, 2404 Wilshire Boulevard, suite number 9A. That's in Los Angeles, California, 90057. And you can find out more information at MaximumFun.org slash socks. And we will have all that information in our show notes as well. And additionally, we wanted to let you guys know that thanks to our amazing Max Fun Drive this year, Maximum Fun blasted past its super enormous goal. And we unlocked another pin sale for charity this year, which we did the past two years and was great fun. So we're doing it again this year thanks to you guys. So the pin sale is for all $10 and up members of Maximum Fun. You'll be able to buy enamel pins willy nilly <laughs> from the 2019 Max Fun Drive. The pin sale is going to last April 29th through May 10th. So if you are a $10 and up member, you should have received an email from Max Fun this week with instructions on how to purchase the pins. 
we're donating all proceeds to charity. And this year, uh, the proceeds are going to support the National Court-Appointed Special Advocate Association, which is so awesome. I have a friend who used to work for them. Um, it's, a, it's a totally amazing organization. They basically they have 950 member programs across the country where volunteers help children and youth who have experienced abuse or neglect navigate the foster care system and the court system. Um, And the the CASA advocates advocate for the best interests of the kids. So for more info about National CASA, you can go to casaforchildren.org. And we're super excited about that. Yeah, this is good stuff. And it's a, you know, you can get all those pens you couldn't get because you only had to pick our pen. Right. Now you can go get those other pens and all the proceeds go to this amazing cause. So, So let's put a little good out in the world when the world sometimes makes us us not feel a little good because you guys are all doing a remarkable job. Jesus Christ! (laughs) It is so hard. I don't know how anything gets done. I am so tired. Teresa is so tired. I'm so tired. So if we are so tired, you must all be so tired. Yeah. And Yet, we have to keep doing this. Yeah. And I just want to say, you're doing it. Yeah. And I see you. We're all doing and it. And you deserve all the credit. Yep. Like, I just flat out told Stefan the other day, I'm going to need some credit for this thing that I've been doing mm-hmm. that I don't have to do, mm. but I've been doing it for this family. There you go. <laughs> I did. Yeah. And so let's all just yeah. tell each other you're doing a good job. Yeah. Teresa? Yes. You are doing... A really good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.